Welcome to this episode 192. I'm here with David and Lewis. Hey, hey. Hey, what's up, everybody? And this is Bobby. Today we have a special guest, Christian Miles, man. We're going to be going over a few things. I mean, what are we going to be going over over all this bullshit that's going on, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you I, said couldn't it, Bobby. For, I couldn't have asked for a better intro, but yeah, you nailed it right on the head, my man. <laughs> I was ready to go with the intro, Bobby, and you just took it from Sorry. me. <laughs> well, this is why I said, did you want to go? Because I knew the, the, fl- the, fluid, the fluidity had to go in that way. Oh, look, gosh. This is this is this is Christian's <laughs> third appearance on our show. He you should knows know who he is. Well, how how unprofessional we are. <laughs> he's the one bringing he's the one bringing the the professionalism in. Uh, yeah, but but no, seriously, Christian, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, obviously, there's a lot to talk about with the uh, the impending maybe a kickoff of the MLS is back tournament, or as we like to call it, the Coparona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, touche very well, very well said thanks for having me guys uh yeah looking forward to uh hopefully fingers crossed this will happen who knows but you know as, as we were talking off air everything's fluid it's day by day minute by minute so we'll see what happens yeah we actually when when we were uh discussing having you on the show we wanted to preview the tournament and you know at the time when this was a rumor um back in what you know april or may um we're like okay well we'll have christian miles on the show and we'll talk about you know the the season coming back and we'll preview the 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 season i think we did a preview with uh last season as well um so like okay well we'll stick with that but obviously the narrative has changed just in the last 48 hours because i mean Things have just really, really gone downhill, and um, yeah, I mean, th- th- there's so much to talk about. So, first and foremost, I think the question, or at least the the discussion that is currently going on, should this tournament even be held at this point? That's a very good question, and you know, it's. I think it's. I think it's a case by case basis for me. If I'm going to speak from my gut and be honest with you, I don't believe you, me or anybody should be forced to work at the peril of their own health. And I really think that this is essentially what is happening, happening. So if that's the golden rule, then no, but you know, I, I, I was reading some articles the other day and stumbled across something from the, the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, has said, look, it's here to stay. We've got to learn to live with it. How are we going to work around this? Because it's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's not going to be like it was back in you know early March before it all hit. We've got to learn to live with it. Now, is this the first step to learning to live with it? It's always going to be a first step difficult to take. But if I'm going with my gut right now, and as much as I love soccer and I wanted to come back and I want to be there, you know, watching the beautiful game and, and working in the beautiful game. And this is my livelihood as well. But when it comes to the, you know, the nuts and bolts of it and asking someone to put their own health at risk, and I'm going to have to say no. It's, well, uh, I'm sorry, go on, Dave. No, I was going to say there's, there's conversations about, uh, you know, 
we're putting these these players at risk and and for for very little what seems to be very little reward to me it sounds more like mls is is doing this to to fulfill the contracts their tv contracts and uh and so they don't lose out on on that money but i mean if you look at it from a, a just a logistics point of view there's a lot of money being spent to make this tournament happen and so i don't you know for a lot of people saying that this is a money grab from mls i don't know if that adds up because you have um you have a lot of money being spent just to make this tournament happen uh there's a lot of risk being put on the line from a league standpoint uh from a pr standpoint there's there's a lot of positives there's a lot of negatives now i uh, christian i think we all agree with you where we say you know we should not be forced to work at our own peril unless you know they're uh, unless truly we are essential people and uh, you know people that, that need to be out there um I'm talking doctors, nurses. I'm not talking about, you know, people who, who, uh, are working, you know, at, 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 uh, grocery stores and and things like that. Um, because certainly there are other ways to make that happen. Soccer, soccer in, in, in the U S MLS, especially is strong enough where if they turn around and said, you know what, we're, we're not, we're not going to be able to make a season happen this year. Um, we'll see you all next year. We're going to take all of these steps. I think that is, is a more positive kind of thing. Um, we've already got soccer happening in, in other countries that have been way more responsible than we have in uh, in, in handling the virus. Um, but I think MLS, uh, and, and I'll say this, and I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about, touch on this in, in the next uh, uh, subject here. They're, it seems like they're doing as much as they can to try and make this a as safe an environment as possible, and obviously, it's nothing is perfect. It's not perfect as we're we're seeing with Dallas uh, being removed from the tournament and and the the holes that uh, we already see in the bubble with the the people who are working at the resorts, uh, you know, being able to go home and 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 go out to bars if they want to and come back and and be around these players, um, you know. But but short of also quarantining those people, like you know, what else are you going to do? Um, I think that it, it the the risk doesn't seem to be adding up to the reward right now, though. I'd have to agree with you. Um, you know, it's uh, and there's so many ways you can look at this. It's such you know, it's uncharted waters. So it, it, let's say this goes south, and MLS has to pull the plug on this. You know, and then let's say, you know, you got what, five, where 555 players or something. And yeah, we've already seen the test results rolling in. And with the incubation period going as far back as two weeks, you know, guys that are rolling and as these teams roll in, we're going to see people that could have contracted the virus well before their arrival throughout the next week or so. So um, if this blows up in their face and, and they have to pull the plug in the tournament, what's that going to mean for the league? It's going to be a massive black eye. And this isn't the league of the likes of an NFL or an NBA where yes, they are on more financial solid ground and they have made, you know, extreme, extremely uh, positive gains. But at the same time, you know, can it recover from something like that? Because it, it's 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 walking a fine line right now in terms of public perception. For as much as they could be the lion and, and you know the the people that break new ground, they could also be the goat here and 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 you know end up as the joke of the sports world. 
Yeah. So there's a there. It, it's a double-edged sword almost. So um, I know Don Garber's committed to this and he's going to reevaluate things. I'm sure that you know. I'm sure it's 24/7 with them. But there's so much at stake here, and and also the you know the financial ramifications are massive as well with you know t- television rights and uh, the league being you know basically liable for you know missing monies, not guaranteed to television sponsors and, and TV contracts and such. So there's that, that consider as well. And I know that was a massive motivating, almost the underlying motivating factor for the Bundesliga, for instance, to get back on its feet so early because they, if, if this is a league like the Bundesliga, which puts so much stress on that alone, getting back to playing because of the money and the television rights and being held liable for that money that they figured they were on the verge of admitting that this could lead to something catastrophic and extreme turn damage, a lot of clubs going under bankruptcies around the board. If that a league that solid could stand to lose as much as they said they could just think how much that could affect them all that. So there's a lot on the line here. Um, and it, it, you know, it boils down to the core. Should they go ahead and not, you can, you can mitigate everything, but like you said, you can't eliminate any nothing is safe nothing's 100 percent guaranteed so um if you're going to go ahead and do it i think they've done made great strides and they've taken every necessary precaution but the question the fundamental question should they do it uh, and that's at the core of the issue and, and for me um you know i'd like the cmls take a step back and reevaluate and especially in the light of the last 48 hours where everything in our lives is fluid day to day hey let's take a step back and, you know, maybe delay the start of this two weeks or something like that, um, or take other, you know, delaying measures. So that, that's where I stand on it. I just don't want to see anybody put into a position where they feel they have to work and it goes at, at the risk of their own health to mean that it, it's, a, it's an individual case, but that's personally the way I feel. I don't think anybody should be put in that position. There's a couple of things that you just said that I, I want to touch on. Uh, one was the black eye for the league and what you said. Um, I actually think that that's, at least in my opinion, is currently happening right now because there seems to be a growing sentiment among MLS fans um, and among the players that, um, you know, that they're asking for just just cancel it. It's OK. You know, we, we don't we don't need it. We, we, we can live without it. You know, that these player safety is more important. Um you know, it, it, if someone were to catch the virus, it could potentially end a career um, if, if it gets to that. You know, we hope that, you know, that doesn't happen, but it is certainly possible. And so I think the black eye of this when the, the, the public is or the majority of the public is saying this isn't necessary, but they're continuing to go on knowing that everything that is happening around them, the players are, you know, uh, complaining. We know that CJ Sapong has put uh, a few things out there. There is a burner account um, out on Twitter. Uh, the um, MLS is back insider. Yeah, which uh, which saying, is getting which is getting cited by the the Athletic now. Right, right. Um, so th- there's like a, a lot of things that like that are going on that I feel like, and I think David even said it last week that you know this was your 25th season. It was an, a very very important and special milestone uh for a league that could have folded within five years um to be as healthy as it is now in a country that really rejected it for a long time um this was a very important milestone and your 25th season is 
through no fault of your own being, you know, riddled with, you know, what's going on. So why not just say, look, let's just put this off. And though there is no guarantee of what next year will bring, postpone it till at least, okay, well, let's just cancel the 25th season and we don't have a 25th season until next year and still use that as a marketing ploy um, when you do return. Because I feel that right now it's, you know, the way things are kind of sort of being handled, at least what the public is seeing, that black eye is already there. Ah, man. Well, look, here's, here's the good news. The galaxy. I mean, sorry, go ahead, Lewis. Well, I mean, well, I mean, and look at the way Don Garber. And again, I, I understand that he's in a very difficult position. I don't envy uh, a position uh, of that power that you have to make those type of tough, of tough decisions. But you know, one of the things that I I picked up on it was when he announced that okay, Dallas is uh, being withdrawn from the tournament, and he says this was actually a very very easy decision because the top priorities are is you know our player safety and their health. And then he talks to Tom Marshall and says this was a very very difficult decision. And I was like, wait a minute. So which one is it? Um, because you initially said, let's postpone this. And if we're you're to believe Grant Wall, and for the record, I do, he's saying that a lot of players are complaining that Dallas was even there because the bubble doesn't work if it's contaminated. So, right. so I mean, again, all of this is kind of being handled in a way that doesn't really look good for Don Garber and the league. And this black guy is... I think it's already there. And if the NBA or NHL or anyone else goes on with, you know, less trouble, and I don't really think that that's the case, again, it's going to look bad on MLS. Like, hey, this league wants to be taken seriously, but they couldn't even handle this. You know, the NBA did it better or MLB did it better or the NHL did it better. So, you know, there's a potential to like, you know, really, really put a permanent black eye on this league based on how this is currently going down. I think, I think a lot of this gets blown over next year when, when things kind of resume uh, normal. I, I think, uh, yeah, maybe MLS gets looked at in a, you know, like, Oh, look at this kind of, you know, little upstart league that doesn't know how to handle their, their stuff. I mean, like, look at the NWSL, like they're, they had a whole team uh, get pulled and they're moving on with their tournament. And, I mean, I, I I don't see a lot of people talking about that team anymore. Um, I think I think the same will be the case with the with Dallas. I think um, you know once the tournament kicks off, I think a lot of people will kind of uh, move past this this blip. Um, and and I don't want to minimize it. You know, it it is a serious thing. I mean, you have ten players from one team. Uh, that brought in a, a a virus that you know could potentially contaminate the whole bubble, but you know the, MLS did the right thing in in moving Dallas along, and you know like you said, now we have Nashville. They have uh, what three cases or five cases confirmed, and then three more are in question. I don't think we've gotten any updates as to whether or not those other three are. Um, are positive or negative, or I think they're waiting, awaiting a second round of test, testing. Um, but once again, here is a team that is already in the bubble. From what we yeah, know, all twenty-six yeah, yeah. teams are now in the bubble. But, but they've been, but they've been quarantined. They've been quarantined from everybody else. So, like the the good thing is, you you're not, well, hopefully you're not cross contaminating um, any any teams. 
uh, once we see once we start seeing that the infection spread team to team, then like to me that that is like full stop, you know, cancel cancel everything kind of kind of deal. And one thing we have to acknowledge right now, because everything has been disbalanced, is that with FC Dallas's pullout, and we knew from the format guidelines that all three of these group stage games for every team was going to count towards the regular season. Well, now you FC Dallas has already, their exclusion has already compromised the integrity of the MLS regular season right now, because here's a team that is going to miss out on those three games from this tournament. How are they going to make those up and maintain a level of fairness with, with the rest of the teams in the league? I mean, they're put that that's already, they're already behind the eight ball in that regard. And I don't know if that's something that MLS is, you know, taken under consideration and, and made um, contingency plans for, but that's a serious issue. You know, I mean, here's SC Dallas going, you know, um, do they have an advantage right now? Because yes, their players did test positive, but they miss out on a, you know, a compressed tournament that would have bearing on the regular season. But now they get a chance to make those games up at a later date at their own stadium when everything's different in front of their home crowd, perhaps there is that to consider as well. And that would be an unfair advantage for FC Dallas compared to the rest of the league. So there is that to consider as well, along with the more important ramifications, which you guys are, are talking about here and, and you know, the medical issues and, and people's health at hand. So, you know, there's a lot of issues here. And, and, and once one goes out, everything is disbalanced and it's, you know, you want to keep this as fair as possible but I think some hopefully cooler heads and, and reasonable heads will prevail on this. I don't think Nashville's going to. I don't think Nashville's going to go ahead. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of weird to to say. I mean, we had known about the ten positive cases a few days ago, and the and the original decision was just to postpone the game, and. Uh, then 24 hours later, they they withdraw. I imagine that with Nashville having a possibility of having eight players, what what mm-hmm. when exactly is the threshold of saying, yeah, you, you can't be here or you're not going to be able to compete? Because I even, think when you can't field a, a full, uh, right. you know, bench is is probably what it is. Is 18, 18 players that that will dress. I think that's probably going to be their their threshold. I, but, but I also think um, but, that but that's if, also if part Dallas, of the fairness that we're talking yeah. about because I mean if you have you know a, a good portion of your team like even even if Dallas didn't withdraw I mean say, look, okay we'll, we'll Nashville take... wasn't going to win those three regular season games no he he, he probably they probably <laughs> yeah. were not you never know um, but that's that's uh, but, harsh but, on Dave Romney man yeah yeah I know <laughs> well that's what that's what that was my one concern is when I heard that Nashville had so many positive tests I was like oh that Rona better not touch Dave Romney. <laughs> Yeah, but, give him more time on the links to play golf by himself, though, which we know yeah. he all loves to do. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it's it's I, there's so many ways you can look at it, and there's so many angles you can take. You know, I'm with you, Luis. I mean, there's so many ways you can take this, and you know, ultimately, we all want to see a fair competition. But if, if I'm going with my heart of hearts here, and I had to, you know, if I was in a position where I had to be a player spokesman. I'd, I'd probably say there's a large, those guys want to get back and play. They're itching to get back and play. You know, yeah. Nobody likes being in the situation where we're in a state of limbo, but at the same time, no one wants to be, you know, flying halfway across the country into a hotbed of the pandemic, of the biggest pandemic in the last hundred years. 
being forced to play and being forced to work or lose your paycheck in the middle of, of all of this. So well, that's, and, that's basically, in essence, what we're talking about. Well, the thing is, is I had her, uh, I forgot who tweeted it. Someone had tweeted it. It might have been uh, maybe a Colorado. I, I don't remember, but I remember seeing like when the players agreed to play at the time that they did, circumstances were significantly different. Yeah, and, exactly. And so, you know, w- would they have made the same decision knowing what they know now? Um, although, you know, for what it's worth, we kind of predicted that when the rumor started. Like, why would you go of all places to Florida? Like, you know, like th- that was actually one of the worst state, one of the worst decisions to make where you're like, this was the last state to close, but the first state to open. Like, that doesn't really seem like it's a smart idea. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it, it, you also have to take the mental health of these players. And I understand that, like, in our society, that is evenly split on any and every single issue. You've got to figure that the MLS community. Um, and those players are probably the same way. Probably half of those players want to get out and play and have um, no worries about what's surrounding them. And the other half is probably terrified. And, you know, yeah. um, what what kind of mental stability does a team have uh, going into, you know, that environment and playing at a professional level? I mean, obviously, and we talked about, like, look, this is going to be very sloppy play. You're not going to see teams anywhere near you know what you would normally expect even from the the start of the season there's there's a an added level of stress and um you know uncertainty that these players have to go through that is going to really diminish the quality of play and you know it's it's going to be almost i mean i hope it wouldn't be the case but i mean when when if that does happen, you kind of have to feel sorry for the players for like, wow, you know, look what they're going through. Like, this is not something that they want to do. You can tell that this is not what, you know, where they want to be right now. But um, it's just, um, I don't know. It, it's just a situation where I feel that personally right now it's kind of unnecessary. And I'm sure a lot of players feel that way and others don't. Well, you, you see how you see how some players um, are are opting out. You know, we have um, it, the news was confirmed today that Carlos Vela is not going to go to the tournament. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we suspected that that was going to be the case weeks ago. Um, but even in a situation for the Galaxy, you have Jonathan Dos Santos, who suddenly had uh, a hernia surgery. Um, and I, I don't know if this is a sort of long time lingering issue and they decided to pull the trigger now, or if this was something that just happened and, and Jonathan, uh, you know, they decided, okay, well, you know, he, he's injured. He can't, he can't perform. And so he needs to, to have the surgery done so that if, and when the season comes back after this tournament, he'll be good to go for that, for that, uh, second half of the season, so to say. But, um, you know who, who who's to say what happens and 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 you know the, a lot of these players they haven't played competitive soccer in you know four months four months and so there's going to be a lot of injuries uh, popping up as well and and you could lose a, a important player that's out there in what is you know I think all of us can agree is kind of a meaningless tournament right now you could lose a, a, a important player for your team for a season maybe even for the for you know, long, longer term than that. I think it, it's interesting too. That's a valid point you make. I mean, 
obviously Jonathan Dos Santos, he's had those lingering problems, but the, you know, advent of this tournament might have presented him a perfect opportunity to move up that surgery that was going to take place in October to, to, you know, where we are in early July. But I look at a guy like Nada Munua, the, um, the guy, the, the defender from Real Salt Lake, who tang- actually tangled his baton last year. But oh, yeah, he, yeah. Took a print- he, took, he took a real principled stand, and he just flat out said, I'm not going. And he didn't cite any health reasons or any under uncompromised immune system and such. He just said, I'm not going to take a month out of my life to put myself in a bubble and, and put myself in jeopardy and leave my wife and children in the midst of a pandemic. And I think that's kind of a reality check that, you know, we, we mm-hmm. talk about it in this context of a tournament and should this, but this guy is putting it into a broader context. And I, I know, you know, some of us have kids and stuff and, and wives and families, and but we can empathize with that perhaps a little bit more, but you know, the man's point is valid. And it's, I think it's kind of an eye opener. You're like, wait a minute, we, we get wrapped up in, in all the minutia here and, and, the competitiveness and we need to go forward. We need to go forward. We got to say that, but it's like, whoa, wait a minute. We got to take a step back, look at life here and go, wait a minute, boys. I've got a wife and kids here. I'm going to leave them in the middle of a pandemic and I'm going to go fly across the country and go into a hotbed and possibly the most active, one of the most active areas in the world for the biggest pandemic in a hundred years. So if you look back at that decision in about five to 10 years, how sane is that going to look? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what, was, that's what I was saying. It, it, it just looks, it's going to look really bad. I mean, the, the yeah, situation itself right. is going to, I mean, history itself is going to look back at this country and how we handled it. And we're going to be judged very, very harshly. Um, but I mean, you look at how we really, really try to force feed uh, the, the normality that is obviously not there, um, you know, by going on and look, we have to reopen and we have to start sports again and we we have to do this and go ahead just live with it and it's it's just uh like you said you're gonna look back at it and say like what were we thinking that that's insane that that really is like that was completely unnecessary um but it's yeah, um, a, a drop in the bucket would when it comes to 2020 yeah yeah uh, i wanna I, I did wanna yeah that's true um, I did want to ask you guys this because this was another conversation that we uh, that I had seen on social media, and uh, there are different takes on this. Um, and I wanted to ask uh, all you guys here um, when it, uh, people were blaming the uh, lack of leadership in the states like uh, FC Dallas, you know, coming from a state that reopened way too soon. Uh, the Orlando Pride had to withdraw from their tournament because. You know, oh well, look at the state they're coming from, and they opened up way too soon, and they mismanaged uh, the handling of this virus. So it kind of makes sense. Um, and Nashville now currently on the same boat, and you're looking, okay, where are they coming from? And there's some truth to that, sure. But Orlando SC is fine, and Miami is fine, and Houston is fine, as far as we know. So how much can you really blame this on local leaders, or how much can you blame this on the organization? Or can you blame this on just personal responsibility from the players? Because simply because the governor says, hey, it's totally cool that you guys can go in large gatherings without a mask, doesn't mean that you probably should. Um, So, you know, these positive cases that are popping up, ultimately, who does the responsibility lie on? In my estimation, it should be a case-by-case basis and up to anybody's individual prerogatives. It shouldn't be mandated where 
you know, there's a mandate that's kind of buried in, in the guidelines of this saying, hey, if you don't have a legitimate reason, and I don't know what the criteria is specifically off the top of my head, but if MLS says, hey, your criteria doesn't meet the status quo, it doesn't meet our approval, then you're going to be docked your pay. You basically are going to be fined. You're going to lose your medical credit. Basically, you're going to be suspended from your job. And that ramifications, the punishments and the ramifications of that are felt much more acutely now because of the state of the, you know, the current pandemic. But these people are basically MLS is putting an underlying, uh, uh, almost a mandate, you know, an ultimatum saying, Hey, if you don't meet our, our, our criteria for what is eligible for work, you have to show up. And a lot of these guys are sitting here going, you know, wait a minute, I have to show up. I don't have, you know, let's say there's a single, and a lot of these guys are, you know, young 20-something fellows that don't have families yet, and they're going, oh, my God, wait a minute. I've got to sit here. If I don't have one of these uh, pre-existing or uh, one of the obvious criteria that can exempt me from showing up, like a Carlos Vela or a Chicharito, if he wanted to, so which, by the way, he should be applauded for participating if you're in favor of him going, but. You know, a lot of these guys that are younger going, Jesus, I have to go to this. I have to put myself in jeopardy. And that's where I think the MLS is missing a boat on this. They should leave it up to these players. If they want to go, they can go. If they don't want to go, if they're not comfortable with it, and they flat out, no questions asked, shouldn't have to go. Because yeah. no one, whether you're a plumber or you're an electrician or you're a soccer player or you're baseball, should have to be in that position, in my opinion. Well, I mean, and you make some good point, but what I was talking about is, is the actual positive cases itself. Why is it that Dallas has 10 positive cases throughout their players, but the Galaxy have none? San Jose have none. Um, LAFC, as far as we, we actually don't know there, but we, we haven't heard anything that, that, that they have any positive cases as of yet. So, um, you know, California is still kind of a hot spot. Um, why is it that these organizations have positive cases, but Dallas has 10 is that a mismanagement of i mean i'm not entirely sure no, no, the no. galaxy you can't because there's so many factors at play in contracting the virus whether you know a player can get it from a postage person who can't you know showed up a postal worker that showed up and, and contaminated them there's so many things i don't think the liability i don't think that the liability of contracting the virus can be put on these clubs as a whole because there's so many a variety of factors at play in contracting the virus. So I think it's, I think it's wrong to say that that's, it's a club's fault per se, um, because, you know, it's what's different in LA is different than it is in Dallas. It's different in Minnesota. And, and also, you know, what, who knows what a player is doing and who knows what a player who, you know, comes into contact with, let's say a press official who's, which would happen with the Orlando team in the, on the women's side where it wasn't the players. Sydney LaRue actually tweeted about this where she was gutted. She was let down. They worked so hard to get into this tournament. And then lo and behold, about two weeks ago, a lot of the PR staff and, and uh, front office staff went out to a bar in Orlando and then contracted COVID and contaminated the players. So there's so many variety of factors at play that, I don't think it's it's we can just say oh it's been mismanaged because FC Dallas has 10, 10 players that tested positive. I, I, I just don't think you could put that on on the team solely as their responsibility. Yeah, I, th I think that uh, in general, you know, you you have to have 
personal responsibility. You know, you as a you as an individual, you know, whether you work for a team or or if you're a player or if you're a, a front office staff or, you know, what whatever the case might be, you minimize your risk as much as possible, you know, to the best of your knowledge. Um, you know, that's your responsibility to, to others, just not just as an employee of that, of that club or, uh, or of an organization, but just as a human being, you know, you, you don't want to like, like a, you hear a lot of people talk about it, you know, people think they're immune to, to this kind of thing. And, and, you know, it's like, yeah, you, you may not be affected by it, but you know, somebody else that you come into contact with might be, and then they, and then they get sick or deathly, deathly ill, um, or are affected differently than than you are. So, uh, it, you know, it 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 does seem like a personal responsibility thing. The the Orlando situation um, is is sort of like a almost a worst case scenario. Um, but I mean, I I I I think we've sort of touched on this really kind of somber look at, <laughs> yeah. at this tournament for long enough let's 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 go let's let's go back to, to positivity yeah <laughs> exactly um, let's go back to positivity. as as we said as we said all the galaxy players arrived they're covid free he, and chicharito Woo-hoo. is there you know let's let's uh there we go let's drink to that um the Finally galaxy posted a shutout. <laughs> <laughs> and Bingham was involved. All right. And Bingham was involved. Um, <laughs> so the Galaxy heads, heads into this tournament. Uh, the Galaxy as an organization, I think, are doing uh, a, a good job of kind of um, keeping the, the fan base kind of involved in things. They had the, uh, the physically distant uh, send-off. Um, for the Galaxy players last or what was it on Saturday or Sunday? Um, the I uh, Galaxy was, yeah, the Galaxy send off was that, that Friday? Monday? That was Friday. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I lost what day it is. It's I can't I can't tell anymore. Um, <laughs> it's I look. I just got back from vacation and it's I've been in you know uh, work from home for you know since March seventeenth. So I don't know what day it is. Um, I, I think uh, I think for the most part it looked like. Galaxy fans were responsible. They were they were uh, keeping uh, into their their social groups and staying physically distant, obviously from the players. Um, so that that was that's good news. They're doing another event uh, of a drive-in watch party at the Rose Bowl on July thirteenth. Uh, again, that's uh, that's something that yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds nice. I, I'm gonna watch it at home on my TV. Uh, you know, I, I, I as much as I want to be with other Galaxy fans right now. Um, again, the personal responsibility side comes into it and goes, well, as much as I want to be out there, even if we're doing all the, the rules of physical, physical distance and the, the face coverings and taking all the precautions, the much safer way to do that is here in my home, close to my fridge. <laughs> That's the core of it is the proximity to your refrigerator, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's inside of it? Important That's the more impulse. Yep, exactly. No, but yeah. I actually, you know, the, the, the event that was uh, coordinated on Friday was actually, um, you know, we had kind of said like, oh, I'm not sure you should have a send-off party, but it was actually done very, very well. It was mm-hmm. done within the parameters of, you know, the social distancing and the, none of the players got, you know, near there. everyone was in their cars and, um, and it looked like everyone was having a lot of fun. And I'm sure, uh, the, the players of the team really appreciated the support in, uh, what is obviously a difficult time for everybody. And, uh, it, 
it looked to have been a uh, like a big success. And um, so I actually have, I mean, again, I, I too would enjoy uh, the game at the comfort of my, uh, of my house and the proximity of my fridge. But it, it, <laughs> it, it looks like the, the Galaxy are doing, you know, what they're supposed to be doing as far as keeping the fans safe and still trying to have the fans uh, be engaged with, uh, you know, the, the games and the team in some form. And uh, I think... I think that they're, they're going to continue sticking with those, uh, you know, safety guidelines um, where, you know, don't get out of your car. You can stay in there, but don't mingle. You're good to go. Um, and so um, I kind of trust that, that, that they would do that. Unlike what we saw in Miami when they had their send off and everyone was just shoulder to shoulder and, you know, as if nothing was happening. So, um, again, it, it's a different contrast. So I, I think the Galaxy... Um, Handled the uh, the send off very very well, and I'm yeah. sure that the drive in uh, watch party safe. would be Pretty safe. Uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be uh, just as safe. So, um, but 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 yeah, I just would feel much safer at home personally. So, um, it really is. Uh, think about what it's going to do to poor Cosmo right now, who's like hasn't had a high five since March seventh. <laughs> <laughs> poor Cosmo. Dying this slow social death in the studio apartment by himself. Poor guy. <laughs> somebody, somebody pointed out that uh, Cosmo wasn't wearing a mask at the um, at the the send off, and uh, I, I told them like, look, he's he's an alien. He's probably not affected by the virus. Um, <laughs> uh, but but, but you know, and 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 I almost hesitate to say it here across our our podcast, but. He, he is wearing a mask, you guys. <laughs> yeah, that, that whole thing is. As he should. As, as he should. Leader, isn't it sad to say the most leadership we've seen from some of these public officials comes down to a major league soccer club's mascot? <laughs> yeah. The, you know? the statue, an inanimate statue in front of the stadium. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, I had a chance. I, I don't know if you guys caught this on social media, but I. Somebody cleverly uh, put the old uh, mask over the Beckham statue, which I thought was kind of funny. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, we 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 know about it. It was actually Lewis's wife that made the mask. It was a oh, real really? thing. It was a real yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a real thing. Yeah, uh, actually, Chris Thomas um, hit her up to ask if she could make a mask for the Beckham statue. Bravo, kudos to the missus, Lewis. Yeah. It was actually kind of unreal the way everything went down. She, uh, so she's still making them. She's still getting orders, and obviously it expanded uh, beyond the galaxy verse. And uh, so that's actually how she's keeping sane during uh, you know these past four months because she is a busybody. Uh, she works at a school, so obviously you know she had uh, uh, she had nowhere to go, and so. Uh, the fact that she's wearing, I'm sorry, the fact that she's making the mask and actually uh, have something to do during all this time has actually kept me alive. <laughs> so uh, very thankful for that because she probably would have went insane uh, just being at home doing nothing. So, uh, yeah, nice. it's, it, it's, it's been a very, very surreal experience with those uh, with those masks. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, um, so oh, sorry, I mean, no, no, no. I was gonna say, uh, ultimately, um, we, you know, in 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 our initial 
uh, desire to get you on the pod is to talk about the games. But, I'll, you know, I think that, that this conversation and the way it kind of, you know, went, I think was was sort of more insightful than to talk about some some games that are going to happen in a, in a few days. But but the Galaxy kick off their their uh, I guess their Coparuna campaign on July 13th. Um, the Copa, wait, it's Copa Rona. Copa Rona. Yep. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we almost went with Brilliant. Copa Corona, but somebody else did that. So we said, oh, Copa Rona. We, Still, we just, yeah. yeah. This sounds better anyways. Yeah. Good. And, I like and, it. and of course, well Christian, done. and of course, Christian, as, as you know, if you, you've played our prediction game before, uh, we, we did create, we did create our prediction game for this. We're not going to ask you to do it, uh, but we named oh, that one Coronita. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well so, played. Uh, if you, if you want to take part in Goronita, please, you're, you're more than welcome. But at this point, the, the, the schedule that I built out is all it's, it's all trash now because that was <laughs> yeah. pulled out. We're already then, losing points. Yeah, we're already. Actually, Nashville getting booted from the tournament would actually solve a problem for MLS because then they could take those the, the two extra teams in Group A and fill them into those spots um, that Dallas and, and Nashville eventually will will vacate. But, uh, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, ultimate, ultimately, um, if this tournament has to go on, uh, the LA Galaxy and MLS, the league that we love, uh, is coming mm-hmm. back in, in a sense. Um, I wish it was under better circumstances. Uh, and, and honestly, like, uh, I feel like once this, once this, this tournament is over, um, and they're, we dodge all the landmines from here from the start of the tournament until the end of the tournament. And there aren't any, uh, major, you know, outbreaks or, or illnesses or, or injuries. Then I think that we can call it, uh, uh, we can sort of breathe that sigh of relief at the end of this. I, I don't think until the group stage is over, we can kind of let go a little bit. And then once the tournament is fully over, um, we'll feel like there was a, there was light at the end of this, weird weird tunnel that we're heading into right now yeah it's weird i mean and and now it's weird is i think everybody's just forgotten how good or how bad or where their team stands (laughs) now as opposed to where they were back in march when everybody was all hyped up and ready to go for the 2020 season so it's almost like a reset button and it's been so long i mean this this layoff's been longer than the off season almost so you know, we're, we're starting over from scratch, and you know, if, if you I, let's look at the galaxy here and, and look what they need, and you know, look at it from I, basically to be constructive about it, the end of 2019, and, and the needs that they have, and, and their deficiencies, which are many, and there's so much going on with Slaton leaving and then Chicharito arriving, and the you know, performing of the team in the first two games and such. I mean, and for me, there's this massive question mark on the Riddler's chest. What is going to happen with defense? Because the last three seasons, it has been an abomination. Yeah. And that'd be hard for us to find, whether it be, you know, Ziggy. The only, the only bright spot we had in terms of coaching was about eight games under Don Kinney or got seemed to get things together, but then the last moment the collapse, but let's not talk about that. <laughs> the issues with this team there are voids that need to be filled it's got to get better um for me the first two games are extremely uninspiring 
um, not encouraging. Uh, I was very disappointed with the creative output, even with an Alexander Katai in the lineup, which we don't need to discuss. But, yeah, I was going to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's another, that's another like, whole other show. We'll have to come back next week. But <laughs> it, 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 there's an underlying factor there where you know, there's a lack of creativity in this team that, yes, it has moments of individual brilliance. And that's what we've, we've survived on the last two years with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. That's yeah. gone now. And Chicharito is a guy, yes, he's talented. He is not a world-class player like Zlatan Ibrahimovic is. Yeah. And we cannot rely upon his individual brains to bail us out. Um, without Zlatan, this team would have been in a world of hurt. It would have been 2017 and 2018 and 2019. Um, Chicharito is a guy that's going gonna to get you goals, but he needs support. And that's, that's where the big question mark is. We've got a glut of these midfielders. We've got so many of these, you know, central midfielders and players that can play in the middle and players that can play, you know, a variety of inverted winger roles and out wide, like a Sebastian Lynchette or a Pavon or whatever. But there has to be some somebody who's going to take control of this, be the creative engine for this team. And, and a guy like Chicharito, if you've watched him as long as I have, you know, going back to his, his early days, he needs service and he's yeah. not getting it. And he is, his patience, I mean, it, 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 it might be a good thing that this pandemic hit in that regard. There is a silver lining because his patience, I'm sure, was running very, very thin. Yep. And the way the Galaxy were playing was just flat out not good enough. And it's got to get better. One of the things that I was, I mean, if, if you put the pandemic aside and let's say that, you know, you're, we're, we're, you know, the season is back. And we hit the reset button and everything, you know, is going back to normal. Um, you know, people were saying, okay, it's a new beginning. Um, it's a fresh start. Everyone's starting all over again. We were only two games in. Let's go ahead and, and do this. And the optimism comes back as if it were the first game of the season. And I, you know, I had to remind myself, wait a minute. We did this restart a couple times already. We did it when uh, Skeleto, you know, took charge of the team like okay you know it, it was a coach it was always the coach it was uh, it was siggy or it was um an awful or whoever it was but now we got a good coach and you know 2019 went on and like okay well you know this wasn't his team and he you know he, he did you know he made the playoffs sure and he made progress sure but it's not his team so next year it's going to be better so we're gonna hit the reset button and then 2020 begins, you go into Houston, and it's a lackluster performance. But you know what? It's the first game of the season. It's on the road. It's a tough game to play. We're going to be at home against arguably one of the worst teams in the league. We're going to smash. Chicharito's going to score two hat tricks. Um, it's going to be <laughs> massive. And this is the restart. And then the game took place. So to me, I was, you know, going ahead into this tournament, why would I feel optimistic that another restart would have different results? from what we have been seeing the past, you know, two or three years. I'm with you. I think that's an excellent point. And there's other subtops that you can pursue under this. Is a lot of people have questioned the tactics and the philosophy of Guillermo Scalotto, who in my estimation has been extremely rigid in his approach um, and, and kind of unwavering and, you know, I, there's an old philosophy. Does a, does a player come in, does a coach come in and, and, you know, cater his system to the strengths of the players, or does he impose his system on the players? And, and for me, it's the former. They got to look at your players, see what you've got, and adapt to it. 
whether yeah. it's good or bad. You've got yeah. this is your hand, you're dealt. You've got to play the best of it. And you know, a guy who was I hate to say this, but a guy who was really good at it was Bob Bradley. Um, and I saw him work through the years where he even back to his days of the U.S. men's national team, he knew that we aren't going to go out there and bang in three or four goals. He knew that we were a team, hey, I've got big, strong, physical defenders that will fight for blood and thunder. We're going to be a, you know, a sit-in, 4-4-2, hit on the counter and break the team. And, you know, teams feared us because of that. And that was our strength. Play to the strengths of what you've got. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And I'm not going to condemn him either. But I'm not sure if the Galaxy are doing that right now. I don't yeah. know. From, from from what I've seen, in 2019 as a body of work and the first two games of this season, I'm not sure if the Galaxy are playing to their strengths. Yeah, I'm not sure what their strengths are. Well, last year, last year, as you said, it was it was Latan, and and I think that that even though Skeloto came in rigid um, with the philosophy, he kind of had a bow to whatever it was that worked with Latan, and and even as ineffective as his system is with a player like Zlatan, you saw how Zlatan still, you know, went out and scored a bunch of goals uh, in, in, working in that system. Um, now, it, it, you know, it, it's up to him. He's got to get these players either on board with his philosophy um, or adapt. I mean, that's what MLS is about, right? It's it's about the ability to adapt. And, and you know, as you said, that's why Bob Bradley is successful um, or is, you know, in the regular season, at least has been successful. Um, I, you know, I feel the same way. I think that a, a good coach recognizes what they see or what they have and does the best with it, you know, makes, makes, uh, uh, the, some out, more out of the, the whole of the, or whatever the, whatever the saying is, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you gotta do it. If you, if you're, if you're a top class guy, um, or top class manager, you got to be able to adapt and make the system a system that works with the players that you have. And I think that one of the most disheartening things that will, and especially what we saw in uh, the Vancouver game, is that you know the the, the crosses to Zlatan. You know, maybe <laughs> stati- maybe statistically it made sense. You have a guy who's taller than almost everybody in the league who's going to be able to you know, make something out of nothing most times, you know, most times, more often than not, um, maybe statistically that was the way to go. And so you're saying, okay, think they're going to change. You now have a guy who's five foot eight and not taller than most defenders out in the league. And you continue to do the exact same strategy. And that's where uh, partly I'm sure that the, the frustration of uh, Chicharito set in where it's like, well, how, what am I going to do with this? I'm going up against a guy who's six foot. There's no way I'm getting the ball in the air. But it seems to be that is a tactic where, you know, Skeloto demands as many crosses as you possibly can get in a 90-minute uh, uh, period. Yeah, this type of system, in my estimation, has been employed under the Skeloto regime going back to the Zlatan days in early 2019. It is not someone that's conducive to the type of player that Chicharito is. Chicharito needs to be shadowing a partner. Chicharito is not going to lead the line by himself. Chicharito is not going to get on the end of crosses. Chicharito is a sniffer. He gets in the box, puts himself in great position. I don't know if you guys go back. I mean, there's a player I always like in Chicharito, too, and this is going to be obscure, a a guy named Filippo Inzaghi. Oh, yeah. uh, Who always played on the last line, the last edge of the shoulder, uh, the last shoulder of the defender, always put himself in great positions, never made great runs. 
knew the smart runs to make, knew the smart runs to make, but it was not going to work tirelessly and track and run all over the place. But a guy that knew how to make his runs and he was profited off of second balls, profited off of service from a central midfield uh, player. And, and that's how he made his living. And that's the kind of player Chicharito is. And I think that in a reexamination, when you're playing with three out wide like that and a Christian Bavone who as talented as he is, he's a guy that needs to be playing closer to goal. He's not a winger. He can play in that position, but you're not getting the best out of him. He's a guy that you know, needs to be playing just underneath or up front as it's part of a two-man strike force closer to goal. But when he's out wide, I don't think you're getting the best out of cheap, uh, Christian Pavone. And, and Christian Pavone, he's, he's a, he has a number nine mentality. He is not thinking of linking. Not to say that he's selfish, but that's just the kind of player that he is. And hey, it's almost a miscast of players' characteristics in a system that is not necessarily going to work And for me. And I'd like to see that re-examined personally and perhaps a little tweak there. I mean, um, but again, this is where I, I, I've run into a little disagreement with Esqueloto, and he's just far smarter than I am in terms of tactics, but just from what this guy sees week in and week out, where, you know, you're going with your 4-2-3-1, not necessarily based upon the opposition you're playing against that require a 4-2-3-1, based upon the, you know, the personnel that you have or the talents of that personnel, like Luis was saying, is that the best way to go about your business? In my estimation, from what I've seen, no, because a guy like Chicharito, let's look, the guy has had how many chances in the first two games? Very minimal. One. I mean, one maybe in the Houston game. Um, Preseason, I wasn't privy to that. So and what I've seen, and the early indicators are, the way things are going about, the philosophy, I don't know if it's going to fly. I was talking to some members of the Spanish media about this, and they don't like what they're seeing either because they know more about Chicharito and, and his style of play and the way he's profited both at the, you know, uh, to a club level in Europe, as well as, you know, the international level of Mexico guy that he needs service. He needs to, he needs to partner. He's not going to be a number nine, like a Latani Arich where you lead the line by himself. He's just not that kind of player. And that's where you, we were talking about, you've got to adapt your system to the strengths of what you have. You have to play the best hand that you have been dealt. Are we doing that? I mean, I can sit here and look at you guys. I go, I don't know. I'm one, it's above my pay grade, but two, I don't know our definitive style. And is that definitive style of this galaxy team conducive to getting the best out of the personnel that we have? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I seem to disagree. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. I seem to agree in, in your assessment, and, I, and I'll tell you right now that it doesn't look like um, the team is playing to their strengths um, at all. And now going into the, uh, into the tournament, you lost your, uh, a very huge piece in Jonathan, and this team is yeah. certainly not the same without him. Um, they're going to suffer greatly. And then with the departure of Katai, you're also left with a, um, not so much a hole because, you know, you can put Julian Araujo in there and he'll be serviceable, but you will be shorthanded um, even more going into the tournament. Um, you know, it's not, at least for me personally, I, I'm not really riding a wave of optimism um, considering the teams that we're going up against. What's, what, um, what's more... Tournament. What's more worrisome, though, for me is is the depth in the front. Like you have Chicharito, you know, he took a knock in that scrimmage 
uh, last week and he won't be, you know, he's, they said he won't be training. Um, now that they're at, they're in Florida, who knows if he resumes training or not, but that's, that's worrisome because all it takes is just for, you know, a little tweak to happen in that first game. And then we're looking at, you know, Ethan Zubak or, or Gordon Wild up front. That's a scarier Excellent prospect. Point. That's a scarier, scarier prospect than having, you know, inexperience or, or lack of depth in the midfield. Uh, you know, missing Jonathan, I think, is is having Zubak up front. That's an excellent point. And, and who takes that number nine role? I mean, for me, the likely candidate is the Christian Bavon, who seems, in terms of his natural characteristics, more apt to take that position than anybody else in the current roster if, if Chicharito cannot go and play yeah. to a higher level. I don't know if you guys caught part of the scrimmage, but God bless Gordon Wild and God bless his work ethic, but he, yeah. for him to come in and, and fill that void is asking a lot of, of the player of, yeah. of where he is right now. Um, so yeah, the, the the lack of depth up front is a massive issue, and the, the you know it, it it's almost like bookends right now in, in both boxes. You know, where what's going to happen? Our lack of depth up front, um, and the question of whether Chicharito will work out, and then two, like we were talking about at the beginning here, in our assessment. What's what is happening in the center of defense? What is you know the fullback roles are looking pretty good. Um, for me, I'm going to champion the cause of Julian Arau every day of the week. I think the kids yeah. for me mm-hmm. should be starting every day, every game. Um, I'm a believer in him, uh, and I think that's probably one of the biggest positives. Um, and and Suwa seems like he could be capable of that fullback role. I uh, don't know if we're inheriting another Yellow Van Dam in the center of defense where we're trying to convert a left back into a center back role, which for me is always a scary proposition. Um, well, you know, unless Yella, you're, Yella, unless Yella you're wants to come Ramos, back. You shouldn't be venturing up forward in that much. But, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll, I mean, how is this galaxy defense better than it was last year? And, um, and let's be honest here and let's be real and be honest. We were not good last year. We were borderline atrocious. And we were bailed out by Zlatan's attacking prowess and, and the other talents of our attacking line. Our back four was disorganized. It wasn't well set up. It made bad decisions. And it just wasn't good enough. How are we better than we were last year? Minus the Diego Polenta, who I personally thought had his shortcomings, but was one of the more reliable performers at the end of the season. How are we better than we were last year? And last year's didn't exactly set a high bar. I mean, bottom line, we're not we're not better than that. You know, we're, we're we're almost worse off. I think I think Ensua is is a solid um, piece, but we're lacking that leadership in the middle of the of the uh, defense. Um, you've got people Gonzalez who came in and was not good, like just flat out not good uh, it, to for the you know when he when he came in. Uh, Dan Saris, he impressed, but he's still you know. He's just like barely service, not barely serviceable. He's a mm. he's a mid level MLS defender. He he's a guy that shines when he's got a really strong partner next to him. Um, I thought that Dave Romney got the short end of the stick. He probably could he probably could have played more games, and the defense would have been a little bit more pragmatic. Uh, you know, we weren't going to be be playing out of the back, but we probably would have got less goals scored on him on us if uh, Dave Romney had had seen more minutes. Um, I thought that Rolf Felcher impressed in that first two games, but again, it was against Vancouver and Chicago. So, Houston, uh, you know, or sorry, Houston and and Vancouver. So, um, 
that's not saying that much. Um, but I think we were talking about this um, it, after the games that we were saying uh, it, it looked like the Galaxy were a little timid. Um, and though I don't blame them for that type of strategy on the road in Houston where it's 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 a tough venue to play in. And so and we've had bad luck against yeah, Houston. I, I, yeah, we have had bad luck against Houston as well. But, you know, I, I, I don't see the reason um, to be playing – defensively because I, I felt that we weren't really looking for the game against vancouver it was your home opener against a very weak team you should have been dictating the pace and you weren't you, you you couldn't hold on to the ball it looked like they were worried about leaving the back vulnerable and i think obviously one of the issues going into the season was how do you fix this defense and have you fixed that defense and i think that they were more conscious about being more defensive this year than they were last year. And in doing so, you sacrifice offense. And I think that's kind of what happened in Vancouver where they, again, they, they put out the wrong tactics. And um, in a game where you could probably put a lot more risk against an inferior opponent at home, um, you probably should have taken those risks, risks and um, rather than you know coming out with the game plan that you did. And we also talked about like, well, I mean, they're only allowing one goal. I'm not saying that the defense is good, but if you were to allow one goal every game for the whole season, that would literally cut your goal intake by half of what you did in 2019. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, technically that is still an improvement. And obviously that's uh, that's an extreme example, but the defense was so bad that that is true. If you never got a shutout and you only allowed one goal every game, that's just still going half of what you did last season and um you know it it did look like they were emphasizing on defense but they were just doing it at the expense of the offense and again it, it wasn't a product that that looked good i agree but also too it, we can't look at this binary like that like hey you've got to have a good defense so you got to sacrifice your offense that's not the way it works with yeah. soccer in my estimation you've got to have players like it can go both ways, and so much of it is about speed of thought. Where hey, you turn, you win that ball, boom! You turn, you play it up on that that second touch. The first touch wins, the second touch plays, and we don't have that right now. And we also have a, a lack of judgment at times in the back and decision making. I've seen it prevail for the last two or three years. Where you, you mentioned some, I'm not going to name the player, but uh, players that need guidance and need a, a, a season head because we know when you play in the back, yes, you're not the fittest, you're not the fastest, but you have to be the smartest because you have to know when to step and you have to know when to press and you have to know when to play your trap and you have to know when to back off a guy or close down or such. And that takes, it takes a lot of experience, but it takes a level headedness that we have not had. We haven't had the decisions have been wrong. When whoever's fault that is, I don't know. Um, and, and, and that's where familiarity and partnerships and understanding are built through time. And they're built through experience. And uh, partnerships are not something that is, hey, it's difficult to develop in Major League Soccer because unlike the rest of the world, you know, there's so much turnover every yeah. single year in these clubs. So it's hard to, you know, get a, a good four or five year run with a central defensive partnership. And there are exceptions, but that high turnover makes it even more difficult, but you need that understanding that familiarity when you're turning over half your first team in every season, it makes that really difficult. 
I mean, when you're adding a new coach to this scheme and then you're adding, you know, the emphasis of play with regards to your designated players, which, you know, points of emphasis are are greatly changed. So by my opinion, the Galaxy really struggle uh, when they they lose the ball and and the recovery of it. And they've caught themselves flat-footed. I mean, they're almost a shooting gallery in counterattacks right now. I mean, they're fantastic pressing forward in the wings and getting forward, you know, even going back to the Boateng days. But, you know, you leave holes at the back and you leave a guy like, you know, Schilbeck or whoever playing at left back or something like that, you know, exposed against a, an Elise of Houston that's mm-hmm. just, you know, throwing raw meat to the wolves. <laughs> and that, that that's not something that has been rectified, in my opinion. And that's, you know, it's early days and you got to cut them slack, and I totally do, but... You know, there's still those fundamental issues, like you mentioned. Like, how do we get better, and how do we blend, you know, a, a ball-winning team into a team that can transition forward into attack seamlessly? And that's something the Galaxy really struggle with, even when they've had a, a decent number six or a number eight, like a Jonathan Dos Santos, who is great. In my estimation, can't play at that role solely. He's a partner. Um, and that's where the galaxy have really fallen because if you watch these games, there's so many holes between the lines. It's, it's almost, you know, acres of space at times. And when you have players that uh, in the opposition, they can run at you with pace and hit on the counter and play those long balls over the top and, and just beat you with pure raw speed and athleticism. That is not something that it, it favors the galaxy. And, no. and time and time again, it's like a broken record. We see it every single game. That's something that, you know, you hate seeing the same mistakes made every game, but for me, that's what I've seen a lot of. And, and you're hoping it would be rectified in the off season. And then you see these two games against Houston and Vancouver, like, okay, it's early season. I know we haven't made any major moves back there. Personnel. I know they're looking for more defenders and we've lost a big one with Polenta, but Hey, you know, your back line, it all starts in the back. Every coach knows that. And, it's hard to, you know, you guys have said it, it's hard to be optimistic when you've got that because that's your foundation. That's where you build from. And if you're John DeSantos and you're sitting there going, Oh God, can I take this step forward? Can I, can I, can I make this run? Because if I do, I'm leaving a hole back here and I know who's back there, who's covering for me. And I know he's not going to be able to cover that. Do I do that? And once you have that moment of trepidation and second thought, it's all undone. Yeah. And that's to me what I see with this galaxy team. They're undone by themselves because they don't have the trust in each other and their abilities. Um, hopefully, you know, a great team that it's not something that just clicks into gear. It takes a while to build. And, you know, I, I think they can do it. And it, the pieces are there. It's just a matter of them coming together. Yeah. I mean, sadly, you know, that's what the first half of, of uh, the MLS season usually is, 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 mm-hmm teams kind of figuring that out and building that trust within each other. And then when games really, really start to matter in August, um, that's when, when you see whether or not they're, that stuff is going to start clicking. Um, and now that, you know, not only the galaxy, but every MLS team is, is losing that opportunity. But I think the galaxy is now in worse shape for it because they don't, they don't have the opportunity to kind of build that stuff out. And, and playing for the galaxy in MLS is just, different than any other team i mean you you heard mm. um you heard about uh, uh who was it? i forget i think it was ola kamara uh or no no, no it's edson buttle said it a few a few uh, maybe about a month ago at this point where he was giving an interview and he said that he scored the same 
exact same number of goals for Columbus as he did for the Galaxy, but he didn't get the recognition when he was at Columbus. He got it when he was at the Galaxy because playing for the Galaxy means more than playing for any other club in MLS. And and mm-hmm. so and and that's what gives them sort of the that doesn't give them the leeway to figure it out. You know, oh, you know, this they couldn't figure it out this year. Um, oh well, there's always next year. Um, I think fans are, you know, this is the longest drought that we've had without a trophy, um, you know, from, from 2014 until today is it, that's been the longest time we've, we've gone without winning something. And, you know, that's, that's not great for a team that's trying to sort out their, their issues. And, and from what you described, it sounds like they're trying to sort that out front to back. Um, it's not just one hole, it's multiple holes that cascade upon each other. And so it's, it's difficult. And now they lose all this time. Uh, they're going into this tournament that is not set up, that doesn't, uh, you know, set up well for them. Um, you know, maybe they get, maybe they hit a lucky streak. Maybe they win some, some, you know, they get out of the group and maybe they, they almost make it to the final. Um, I think that papers over a lot of the deficiencies of the team, and and ultimately yeah. we we want to see we want to see a team that gets built out that is set up to compete for championships every single year, not a team that you know sort of lucks out and and uh, makes it to a final, maybe wins something here and there. You know, fans talk about like you know ultimately as long as they're lifting that trophy, it doesn't matter, but it, for the Galaxy, it does matter. How important is this tournament for Chicharito? Uh, he's got to score goals it, in this tournament. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think there's so much on him, and to his, to his applause, you know, to him not to back away when he could have found an excuse to come out and say, "I'm going to play in this tournament," which he should. But this is big. He has to come back. He's got to be the man. He's got to score goals. He's got to find the service, and Scalotto's got to put him in the best positions because this is the microscope. You know, what is- right or wrong, this is it. And we've had the four months off; they've trained off and on, but this is it. It's network television in front of you know the biggest team in the league on that stage. Every game's network television. If ever it was a time for a player like Chicharito to stand up and be counted and come through, this is it. It's such a big role to fill. You know what's you know what's interesting about Chicharito, and it, maybe I'm reading too much into this. Maybe I'm looking at you know things too negatively. But since since he's come over, and since the quarantine has started or the the pandemic hit and started, stuff has gone off the rails in terms of competition. Um, he his his physical appearance, he looks unkept. Um, I, I know that when I don't shave for a few weeks and my beard gets really scruffy and nasty looking, um, I, I look, you know, there, there's, there's a day where I look at myself and I go, oh my God, I look like I'm, you know, the, the saddest dad in the whole world or, you know, that, that I just went through something terrible, um, or that I'm depressed and, and, um, you know, usually I clean, clean myself up and, and at least look more, more back to normal, but, uh, to me, the the images of Chicharito since this has started, he, like I said, like I've never seen him with this much sort of scruff on his face. Um, he that's, that's, he he looks. Um, that's funny. Very unkept. It's funny because on because the images from the scrimmage. Well, when I saw him on the scrimmage, he just looks like he's a little overweight now. He looks a little chunky. 
He looks I, like I, he, I looks, he looks like he, type. Yeah, I think yeah, we all are. But yeah, because of COVID days. Type. But but uh, you know, he looks. You'll, like he, you'll still have to remember his wife is pregnant, so that could be some sympathy uh, weight that's that's happening true. too. Um, and and if you watch his and if you watch his, his uh, YouTube show, he love they love to eat and like. Well, I mean, there it is. There, th- there, then there it all is. <laughs> He's gotten <Yeah>. chunky. <laughs> Wait, I, I, I'm not, YouTube show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called uh, Naked Humans. He's got a, a, a like a vlog with uh, him and his his wife and and two of his friends. Really? And so what? What do they do? They eat like all. Like, who do they they It's their reality show. It's their own like reality show. No. Yeah, they go out, they, yeah. they drink, and they hang out. They basically like record themselves like going off and just doing their doing regular things, day. Yeah. Just kind of thing. yeah. Um, and and that's where, if you remember, when he first came over, um, there was that video that surfaced of him talking to his dad on the phone. Yeah. And he talked about how this is the beginning of his retirement. Um, that video kind of blew up a little bit, and that's where that came from. Wonder what the go-to chicharito dish is. Like for that big game, the big derby game against LAFC. What is chicharito going to be making? Hey, and really put it on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. I mean they were they were in Spain, right? They were they were in 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 Spain, so they had access to like uh, these really nice and and probably really delicious restaurants. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was just gorging on the paellas and you know all the soul cerveza that he could find. <laughs> who knows who who can say but i'm I'm just saying he, he looks a little untempted that, that to me is a, is a cause for concern you know like the scruffiness on the beard the sort of you know because i've never seen him so sort of uh uh you know usually he's clean shaven or he's got a a unkempt a beard, a beard of of structure this just looks like he just hasn't shaved in you know well, a month. you know as somebody who's going through a lebowski phase <laughs> in the middle of this pandemic, I, I can I can cut into some slack because I'm I'm not looking exactly tip top clean cut if you know what I mean. So perhaps sure. he's reinventing himself, and we uh, got to cut him a little bit of slack in that. I mean, but the guy's I mean he's got so much talent. I mean, I remember watching him store, score off his backside, but he's a Man United in one of his yeah. first games. I mean, just, off his he's face, he's a goal scorer. He's a goal scorer. Yeah, yeah, off his face. Yeah, too. I mean, he's. He is that goal scorer. You put him in. I mean, they have a saying in the UK. What's it called? Like yeah, but we're no, we're not, but we're no Man United yeah. though. That's the thing. I know, but, so, he, but my point uh, being is, he puts himself in his positions to profit, and it, he just he has that, you know, that goal scoring sniffer, if you will, yeah. that he can put himself in that position and, and to get him in those positions. Oh, he he could score so many goals. Yeah, it's right again, for him. And, again, uh, if it was a different team, <laughs> if it was a different That's team that can true. serve it to him and get the ball to him in, in in clear areas. Again, you we covered all of this already throughout the whole show. But, well, you know, but, you, you know, Messi. That's why I'm saying. But that's why I'm saying we're not Man United. You you could you, people can say the same thing of how Chicha could do this, Chicha could do that, but he can't do it with us. But he could. Well, not so far. If he if he had if he had the support. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But not so far. We don't. That's the thing. It's not there. No, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, and that's you know the point of what we're talking about here is, yeah, is it set up for a player like you bring a Chicharito in, you bring a guy like Zlatan in, that's a can't miss. Yeah. Like you know, you could you could put anybody in. You and I can go out and coach the Galaxy, and you know, and get yeah. them in mid table with the Zlatan Ibrahimovic. That's a <laughs> no brainer because you just get the guy the ball. And, 
Yeah. He's going to do, and, and he's going to conjure yeah, more, a magic more times than ability. not. Yeah, more times than not, something's yeah, going to yeah. happen. What was? What yeah, was exactly. that? What was that movie? Get the ball to the Italians. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, kicking and screaming. Kicking and screaming. Yeah. That, I mean, that was that. Pretty much was it. Like, just get the ball to Zlatan. He'll 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 do the rest. Yeah. You know, just yeah, that's, not what you do, that's not what you can do with a cheat. You know. No. No. So it's, and this is where it gets. There's a little more nuance involved. A little more acumen. You know, a tactical ability. That's and that's. You know, that's that's going to be the bread and butter of this team. And how they're going to do it? And, you know, it's unfortunate. And the reality of the world is like, you know, if it doesn't come through, and you know, this is where I empathize with the guy like Chicharito, where you know, yeah, he makes all the money and he takes all the accolades, and he's a golden boy. But you know, if he's he's taking a risk out there, if, if he's not getting the service, everything is on him. All yeah. all the all the fault is on him. He's getting he's I mean, he saw the first two months of the season, the first two weeks of the season, he was getting skewered and filleted by these MLSers uh, pundits in New York where he is. Oh, he's already turning out to be a bust. He's, he's not fulfilling his expert, his potential. I mean, the guy had one chance. Yeah. Um, but I mean, before he even came, people were comparing him to Giovanni Dos Santos. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. That's, well, that just doesn't just make sense. Name. That yeah. doesn't make no. sense. Yeah. That's not fair. That's the world we live in. Right. I mean, you know, or even comparing him to Zlatan. I mean, and you see these people, and you go to Reddit, or you go to Twitter, or whatever. Oh, he's no Zlatan. Yeah, no kidding. Like, of course he's not. He's a different <laughs> player. I mean, he's not, he's not on the same plane. I mean, Zlatan Ibrahimovic was one of the three best players of the generation, so that's not a fair comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I, I would love to see him do well. I would love to see the MLS put aside this adoration of a Carlos Vela, who, in my opinion, you want to talk about a guy who shows up on camp and unfit um, and makes the most of the situation. It is him to a T. All hats, all credit to him. He knows how to exploit his, his strengths and the deficiencies and the defenses that he sees, and he's a brilliant player. But the adoration that this man receives compared to the contributions on the pitch for, to his Latanya image was minuscule um and it would be nice to to see them take a step back for that and unfortunately we won't see him in the tournament because he's bowed out but um and and it puts more on us on a guy like chicharito this is his time this is it i mean a way to announce yourself to the southern california public and and really seize that command because right now the the limelight kind of shifting a little bit in terms of public persona perception and it's it's Vela who's turning into the glamour man after his brilliant season last year. But this is a great chance for Chicharito to come in and, as people know, south of the border, that he is the player, he is the man, and this could be his league and his town. Yeah, and what a great chance for him to do that. But as you guys mentioned, how how do you go about doing that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's 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 for Scalotto and to, and to Closa to figure out is so how do you think about Scalotto? Uh, I'll, I'll let Lewis answer this one. <laughs> um, well, I mean, obviously he has uh, many connections uh, throughout the world. Um, he's obviously coached. I'm sorry, coached. Um, he's been able to. Um, what's the word? I'm not guide, but you know, he's in charge of uh, bigger teams in the galaxy. I mean, he's in charge of an entire federation. Um, so. Um, it's something that obviously looks really, really good on a resume and the players that he's bringing in, um, have, you know, 
some have worked out and you know i the, the criticism with that is you know you bring in pavon he's a hell of a player uh we talked about it you know he's being misused is that on the coach is that on the gm uh, because this was skeleto's guy all the gm has to do is like all right which guy do you need okay i'm gonna go get him as far as that's concerned the closer has actually done his job um but uh there has to be a reevaluation as far as like the players that are being brought in like is it really fitting a system and is it and is the philosophy really really working um and for me i think you know the longer that skloto is stubborn in his ways in not changing and doing this um that's when you have to start really criticizing the glossa because it's his job to say okay wait a minute something needs to change if it doesn't i'm the one that has to make the change um but um i don't think that's a fair assessment as far as this upcoming tournament i i think we had talked about this i don't think any coach should be fired <laughs> for not doing well um in the next couple weeks <laughs> nothing should happen to um, anybody <laughs> over yeah, this tournament and so you know but <laughs> um, yeah but i mean That's overall great. i think he's done a i think he's done a good job but i mean if the, if the galaxy continue on the path that they're currently in uh you're going to have to start really um taking a look at the close and saying, okay, when does he make a move? When does he make a coaching change? Uh, does he recognize that there's a problem? Um, but I mean, overall he's, uh, I think he's done well. I, <laughs> I, I well, I, I'll, I'll just chime in and say, I think that his, the, the changes that he's made in the, in the the infrastructure the side in the infrastructure have been i think for the most part been positive uh i mean we saw that um uh juninho and marcelo sarvas were, were brought into the academy system and unfortunately um uh, we also heard that 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 maybe means that marisa Cienfuegos might be out uh in in his uh role in the academy um and so uh, marisa Cienfuegos, who has been a longtime hero of ours um you know we we always thought it was a good it was positive that he was still within the organization uh because he's a guy that doesn't get enough credit um you know that that certainly should have a statue it should be him kobe and and uh and hartman uh you know in 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 the next uh, round of statues in in my opinion but um he's he's a guy that uh that you know maybe maybe is out at this point um and that's unfortunate I couldn't. I couldn't agree more with your statue point. Yeah, I, I, I think it's. I think it's interesting that we're phasing away from that old galaxy, the the you know the the teal and the mustard era of the galaxy, and and now moving into mm-hmm. the new crest uh, galaxy, and and you know guys like Sarvas and Juninho, they're they're guys that were the glue for those championship teams, and. Uh, and to have them guiding the youth is uh, is you know can only be positive at this point. Um, but but I I would like to see the galaxy kind of recognize their their older guard a little bit more. You know not just Kobe Jones, but uh, but a lot of those those uh, original guys. Yeah, he's so, special. It, he, he always deserves a spot. But yeah, I agree. But before, you know, but before we get going, uh, th- there is one final thing that we have to ask. 
Um, since we're talking about the galaxy, we have this tournament coming up. What are the chances that the galaxy actually get start with the groups? Does the galaxy get out of the group? Yes. Yes. And are they winning the group? Are they in a second or are they one of the best thirds? And the galaxy win the group. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a, that, 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 that sounds do, like I mean, so, so straight okay. from okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. I, I mean, I think um, you know, LAFC missing out with, with Vela, Houston being uh, under new coaching and, yeah, they were impressive against us, but uh, Houston is so wasteful in front of goal. Portland is a disaster. Um, yeah, I think there's no reason. They, I think this group is really taking. And people calling it the group of death, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Vela being out is a big, big miss for LAFC. That's going to be the biggest two. I think the Galaxy finished first. I think LAFC finished second. Houston could probably make it in. It's probably one of the best third-place teams. They're like three, I think it is. Yeah, Nothing for uh, I, so, something changed because I know they they added an, uh, an another automatic berth to the Group A. I'm not sure if that's even still uh, going on ahead with Nashville uh, possibly bowing out. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. The, yeah, I think it's the top three in Group A, which is the yeah big top one. yeah top three, and they still have a chance for a fourth. Yeah, um, depending on how how they finish. I think it's and then there's the top a, two in the other five groups. Yeah, that would give you thirteen. So that would mean three spots are left, and that goes to the the team with the most points. Whether it be you know like for instance a team in the group A, which could be fourth, or any of the other five groups that could be in you know in third place with the most points. Yeah, I I think the loss of Ella is is, is huge uh, oh, for LFC. It's, uh, I mean, they are not, uh, you saw it at the end of last season when he was out for like those two or three games. I, I think they mustered up one point, um, in those three games. And, uh, I think that's, that's a huge loss. I think that that team really, it, it's kind of like Jonathan Dos Santos being out for the galaxy. And you're going to see that lead level just completely go down. And yeah, it, it's very possible. I mean, I still think they have a strong team, but I mean, Vela was pretty much, the leader that it was, I don't want to say they were a one trick pony because I know they have other good players, but it, it almost seemed like it's a one trick pony. And I, I think they do kind of struggle in this tournament. Um, and the galaxy could take advantage, um, if, uh, you know, this decide to show up. Um, but, um, I, I, I personally didn't see the galaxy winning this group. Uh, I thought they had a good chance of getting out of it. I think it's possible that they get out of it, but it's, I thought it was probably a little bit more difficult. Um, than winning the group. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, that tournament starts in about 12 hours. So, um, you know, MLS is back. Asterix. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have anything else, guys? No. No, man, I think that's it. I think we've taken Christian away from... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From, from, it's been great, from, uh, guys. It's been... <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I had to lock myself in my downstairs bathroom because there's music. Somebody decided, somebody downstairs, or my neighbor decided to throw a 1991 R&B party. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, Johnny Gill going on down there. Nice, nice. nice. <laughs> well, I, 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 yeah. I, I finally I finally saw uh, Hamilton because it came out on Disney Plus the other day and 
And it it's like a, a journey through like hip hop. And so now I've been diving back into like a bunch of the the like I'm like, oh, that sounds like this song and that song and this song. So I've been going down that like kind of like old, you know, 90s uh, R&B and hip hop yeah. kick. Yeah, a lot of cool OD in that Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> Just oh, man, it's it's yeah, it, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but no, thank you so much, Christian, for joining us. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry we took you, you know, so much of your time uh, and that you had to lock yourself in the bathroom. But uh, <laughs> in other circumstances, that would a, sound bad. But I think he yeah. he enjoyed it. I, I think I think for this show, that is the most appropriate place. <laughs> so. I mean, I haven't spent this much time in the bathroom since I was 15. So hey, <laughs> <laughs> guys thanks for having me I had a lot of fun uh, thanks for putting up with me no thank you thank no, you so thank much. you yeah, the honor was it. ours yeah. and giving giving your insights on on a lot of this stuff and and really just like going down this little weird rabbit hole uh, so thank you very much <laughs> yeah we uh, alright well, guys the, the intro that I was going to give you before Bobby uh, stepped in was that uh, you were on our Mount Rushmore of guests and so uh, <laughs> we always appreciate you stopping by it's, it's always a lot of fun Thank you for listening to LA is our house. Make sure you check out our website, LA is our house.com where you can find all our social sites. Also listen in to balls in beers, our weekly MLS prediction show where you can find on iTunes and Spotify. Hit that subscribe button. 